Hello and welcome to episode 803 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 16th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning. It's baseball time, baby. It's been a while. Kind of, you know, I think I, I, I think I know exactly what's going on, why we haven't really felt the urge to get back in. It's because neither of us think baseball is going to happen this year. That's That's my guess as to why we've been baseball light but you know what we're getting back into it because i want to drum up some hope for myself even if i don't fully believe it so we're gonna talk some baseball today what do you think about that i mean i love talking baseball it's one of those things where yeah i kind of agree with you where i'm very skeptical that we're gonna get any baseball especially after some you know governors and mayors and stuff came out saying no like sporting events or no events uh, until 2021, yeah, and that's that. But I mean, obviously, uh, the the current presidential administration seems very uh, eager to get sports back on the field. I think uh, a lot of the owners want to get sports back on the field. So let's hope that maybe something can be worked out. But at the same time, you you know, last thing you want to see is a sports figure get sick or or worse and yeah so it's it's a real catch 22 where yeah i mean we want what we want when we want it but at the same time we don't want to see anybody put at risk for sports exactly exactly and so that's that's kind of that difficult balance and it makes it hard to really get super excited but we can still talk some baseball. There's still things to discuss. And I figure a way to talk baseball, talk about some players that, you know, can even have value whenever we return. We can still feel this way about these players is to talk about an off-the-radar breakout candidate for every team. Now, the term breakout is loose. Doesn't have to be something, you know, doesn't have to mean they've never done anything ever. Um, for example, I didn't put him, but, like, I would have been fine if you had put Travis Shaw for this, for Toronto, Mm -hmm. because he'd be returning from the depths of awfulness. Basically, the real translation is big season from late, late, late in the draft, you know, 300 and later, 350s, 400s, like that. That's what we're talking about here. Now, the range will be interesting. We'll have some guys who are true breakouts like they, holy smokes, they literally came out of nowhere. Others will be more in that Travis Shaw arena where it's like, oh, they've done something before. But they were awful in 19, and now we're expecting them to bounce back. So we'll do AL today. We're still going to do our MVPs and Cy Youngs, or uh, seasons that should have won MVPs and Cy Youngs draft with Jason on Tuesday, and then we'll do the NL on Thursday. You also did one last OC. So, you know, again, even though we're not super optimistic about baseball, you were still out there doing a draft, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to write that up. Yeah, I'm going to write it up, put it on the site. I, I've actually done, well, I'm in the middle of another draft right now, but uh, did an OC. I did a three-sport draft, which I'll write up uh, for the site. Give the uh, premise about the one that you're doing, because it's really, really cool. Yeah, so the mock draft I'm doing, it's Tim McLeod from uh, Prospects 361. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's a 15-team league set up with NFBC-type rosters, so 30-man rosters. But the catch is you have to take a player from every team. That's so interesting. And, I, I mean, I wish I'd thought more about the strategy when I first started it. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting because 
you know, we saw some Orioles and some Mariners and uh, some Marlins and some Royals go pretty high. Some Pirates go pretty high uh, in the draft. So, like, halfway through, my team looks really, really good. But the rest of my team may be garbage because there's not a lot left on some of these worst teams. And Uh, you're going to get locked into positions mm -hmm. with these certain teams, too. So that's the extra dynamic working. That's really interesting. You know, I think VR's value goes way up Mm -hmm. in a league like this. Um, Who else? Mondesi. You know, get get your royal. Yeah. you're a big Brian Reynolds guy. I'm surprised you didn't try to figure out a way to. I got sniped on him. I oh, was, there yeah, you go. I was. I thought I was like, okay, I can. I, I got sniped. I got crushed in this last round because right now we're, I believe, let's, let's see, we're in round 14, uh, and I'm actually on the clock, so I got to figure out who I'm going to take. But uh, yeah, I got sniped in kind of the end of 13, beginning of 14. Shogo Akama goes. Andrew Heaney goes. Kenta Maeda goes. Uh, and the hard part is because you're kind of playing a little bit of chicken. So one of the things I did was yep. set up uh, a secondary draft board of what teams each team have taken to try to see, okay, can I make, you know, on the far side of the board, every team except for me is taken Cardinals. So I know no one can take a Cardinal. Obviously, that's that's interesting because then you can just let it go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's going to be – there's going to come to a point where – Teams have taken almost every team or or uh, a player from a certain team, and you can go, okay, well, now I can wait on, you know, taking a Cincinnati Red because thirteen of the fourteen other teams have taken Reds. Yep. So there's a lot more strategy that I didn't really think about when I first started it. Uh, I kind of wish I could redo it, uh, and maybe I will uh, to take another shot at it. Uh, but it's uh, it's been fun and it's an interesting process. Some some real smart guys in the draft. Uh, Joel Hennard, uh Eric Cross is in the, uh, in this. Chuck Anderson and Ray Kuhn and Gary Sonnenfeld from from my state friends of fantasy benefits. Obviously Tim, super smart. Uh, Rich Wilson also from Prospects three sixty one. Nate Dokin from Fantrax. So uh, some real interesting picks. Yeah, real fun group. Uh, and it's been, yeah, it's been a real, uh, it's kind of been a, a mind bender of a draft. It seems really fun. And, and that's, that's really cool. So for, for instance, Matt, Matt Boyd went in the sixth round of this draft ahead of, I was trying to Trevor think Bauer, Soroka. Yeah. Of I mean, that's, it makes sense. As mm-hmm. crazy as that sounds. Yeah, because, I mean, so, right now, like, there are no good Royals today. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and it's, it's just going to get uglier and uglier. I mean, the oh, – the oh, I, Tim Hill. I don't think a Giant has gone. I think that's the only team where ev- everybody has punted the Giants at this point. <laughs> Is there a worthy Giant? I mean, but in a two-catcher, 15-team link, Buster Posey. Like, I'm, I'm a yeah. little surprised he's, uh, he's still it, on the board. Maybe he's your pick then. Is yeah. it is it, it is it way too early for him right now? Fourteenth round, yeah, I feel. I mean, the catchers go ahead of him aren't great. I mean, that are left, Sean Murphy, but I can't take an uh, NA Carson Kelly, but I can't take a uh, I can't take a Diamondback uh, Christian Vasquez, but I can't take a, a, a Red Sox. So I mean, it might be just time. I guess I could take Yadier or Molina. I don't have a I don't have a Cardinal, so and Tom Murphy. Ooh, I'm gonna take Tom Murphy right here. Ooh. I'm gonna get my Mariner. Player. 
and my first catcher. There we go. And now I don't have to worry about taking another Mariner. Though there are some Mariners late I like, so. Well, there you go. I think that's a, I think that's a good pick there with everything that you're dealing with. And very again, very cool draft. I definitely want to follow up on that uh, when it's done because I think those late rounds when you're starting to figure out things of like people can't pick X, Y, and Z and mm-hmm. you still need these teams, that's going to be really interesting. So keep us posted on that. But let's dive in. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the breakout players out of nowhere from all these American League teams. And let's go ahead and start with a tough one with Baltimore. Now, uh, I'll let you go first in ter- terms of who you picked. And if I've got a backup, I'll do it if, if you take my guy. But otherwise, we're, we're, we might have some overlap here since we did not confer beforehand. Yeah, I got there, – there are a few of these teams I have two guys, uh, and Baltimore is one of them. Uh, the thing about a team like Baltimore is it can be ha- hard to kind of do just because the team's so bad. But at the same time, you could see guys coming out of nowhere because the team is so bad. Exactly, because they're going to, you know, playing time will be plentiful for anybody who starts to have a little bit of a pulse. And then all of a sudden, boom, 500 plate appearances later, you know, Hanser Alberto's hitting 300 or whatever the heck he hit last year. So who'd mm-hmm. you go with? Uh, I went with someone completely off the board that I don't think people are talking about at all, and that's Ryan McKenna. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, give give us some details on him. Now, I think in most organizations, Ryan McKenna would be a fourth outfielder type, uh, a, a very good defensive player with a ton of speed. I think enough hit tool and enough pop uh, to make it to make it work at the major league level. Um, and he's a dude who's, who's uh, kind of been able to put up double-digit walk rates. Uh, but really, I mean, the defense for me uh, and obviously the speed could give him a real path to playing time. In A last year, he hit nine home runs and stole 25 bases. Oh, see, I like, I like that. A little bit of pop to do something, mm-hmm. especially playing in Camden. But then the speed, baby, give me that speed. Yeah. I think the one of the other interesting things we haven't mentioned yet is will guys like this have a chance in a shortened season? Yes. So because like, it it doesn't seem that any plan that's being discussed carves out anything for a minor league mm-hmm. setup. So these guys are just what waiting on hand? Like Well, how, and there has been talk about expanded work? rosters. So maybe yeah. Maybe teams just play in the majors with 40-man rosters since they're already giving them service time anyways if they're on the 40-man. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in, in a scenario like that, it, it's going to be a nightmare for fantasy because these teams are going to be able to move guys in and out on a daily basis. And so if you're in a weekly league or bi-weekly league like NFBC uh, for hitters, it, it may be very, very frustrating. That'd be uh, so brutal, dude. Yeah, I mean... 40-man rosters. Yeah. It could be extremely brutal, uh, but I do I do like McKenna, like I said, I mean, especially defensively. And it's not like the Orioles have really been willing to commit to any of their outfielders. True. I mean, outside of, well, they, Santander, you know, they, try, they tried some and, and mm-hmm. hey, 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 shut your mouth. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with Anthony Santander. He is a monster. In fact, he's my pick. Um. No, he had he had you know he had twenty homers last year in ninety three games. Let's give him some love. But remember the uh, Cedric Mullins hype last year? Were, were you were you part of that hype train at all? 
I was. Uh, I was a, a little bit. I was more of an Austin Hayes guy. Austin Hayes, Dwight Smith mm. Jr., um, DJ Stewart. But you're right. You're right. Saying about how they haven't really committed, so it's not that McKenna couldn't sneak in mm. and and find some time and and make an impact. But yeah, Santander is my guy. Twenty homers in ninety three games. Heck, that might be all we get. So maybe he could pop another twenty. It was with league average production, 773 OPS. So it's not like he was off the charts, but uh, switch hitter who's got uh, you know a little bit of an interesting bat. So I went, I went with Santander. Again, even though he did a little something last year, in this instance, it would be you know to, to qualify and to actually be up there, he'd have to hit like you know 285 and 25 homers this time, you know, something like that. So I picked him because I was really not enamored with anybody in Baltimore. I have a number of shares of Santander this year. I think he, I mean, yes, is is it a bad uh, team? Sure, but he's going to hit third in this lineup, uh, and uh, he's got power. We saw it last year. There's no reason for them not to play him. If we do end up playing back in home stadiums at some point, uh, Camden's a great place to hit. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I've grabbed some shares of Anthony Santander uh, in some kind of big money league. So uh, I, I'm all aboard that one. Uh, the other guy I picked was Chance Cisco. And... Ooh, okay. The the catching prospect who it's like, hey, it's it's not like put up or shut up time yet because he's only 25. But it's starting to be like you got you got to show something if you really want to take over this spot. Yeah, I mean, this will be kind of his second season at the major or well, third season, I guess, at the major leagues. But he's never really gotten a, a full run uh, of plate appearances. Uh, we know that he can't, you know, he can hit. He's got a little bit of raw power. And at some point, this organization is going to have to see what they've gotten him because they've got Rushman who's going to be coming up quick and they got to see if Cisco's going to be part of these future plans or not uh, as yep. well. Otherwise, they need to just kind of cut bait and move on. So I think Cisco is a guy I actually grabbed him. I believe as my catcher two in my OC that I did last night. Okay. I, I think the interesting thing for this year, I like it for sure, but it is, you know, he's got to be feeling so much pressure. Chance Cisco does with the fact that Retchman is creeping so mm-hmm. quickly, you know, when they took him, he was probably like, Oh, okay. At the same time, if you're being honest with yourself, he was so easily the obvious number one that like, you can't get your feelings hurt, Chance. You, you know, you got to get out there, perform, see, make them want to keep you around and in some capacity. You know, maybe he switches from behind the dish. Uh, or, or, or show off for another team. I mean, you know. Bingo. Yep. Become a, become a big trade asset. So um, that's a good one, too, with Chance Cisco. I think we're ready to move on to Boston. Yep. All right. Who'd you take on Boston's team? Uh, I had a number of guys here. Uh, I mean... Uh, we've talked a, a lot about we're both kind of trying to buy back in on, on Nathan Eovaldi. Yeah, he's he's my pick. And, you know, it, I've discussed him so much that I'll just be quick. The, the stuff is there. Like, we, we've seen it. We've seen the production. This is one of those guys who's actually done something in the past. So he'd be re-breaking out, so to speak. But he's so cheap now because people are so frustrated after last year's awful season of 68 innings and more health worries. He'll be 30. But I'm I'm still taking a shot because there's no investment price. It's so yeah. easy. Yeah, and I mean he's one of those guys you kind of put on the end of your rotation, and 
you can cut bait pretty quick if if he looks awful early on. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you, you know, if he looks good early on, I mean, this is, I mean, kind of a Giolito type situation where he was an awful, he was awful last year, but we, we know that he's been good at some point. There's a reason why, you know, Giolito, uh, you know, was able to recover the form and the reason why he was a top prospect. And I think uh, in similar ways, Eovaldi has shown us before he can be a very, very good starting pitcher in fantasy. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, Jose Peraza is the guy I went with. Uh, again, okay. Uh, I mean, he can play all over the infield and outfield. He's got speed, which is always a huge commodity in fantasy. And this is a team that uh, is clearly kind of in a transition phase. Yes. And I mean, do they really want to be running Mitch Moreland out there that often? I don't. I don't know that they do. Uh, Alex Verdugo's got a back issue. We have no idea where he's going to be. Uh, if and when opening day comes, I think there's just a, I think there's some opportunities for Jose Peraza. He's going super cheap. Uh, <laughs> other guy I, met, I put on my list, and this is clearly out of nowhere, but Rusty Castillo. Oh, um, dude, the guy making making stacks in the minor yeah, leagues, making like twenty million dollars a year, uh, and hasn't been in the major league since 2016. Uh, I mean, at some point, like, they're paying him just a crap ton of money to sit in the minors. Uh, but, I mean, he, his triple slashes from the last three years have actually been really good in the minors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, we don't know what Verdugo's gonna uh, back situation is going to be like. Uh, could they give Castillo a shot to... I mean, he's at this point, he's going to be 33. Like, Isn't it their last season, too? So, hey, you know... Roll, roll the dice. See, he's, see what's what. Yeah, he's a free agent after this year, and I don't think he's going to... He signed a seven-year, $72.5 million contract. You know who finished second for him? The Tigers. And I was oh. bummed, dude. I was so bummed. I was like, oh, man. This would be such an interesting guy for the team to have. And he has just lived in Pawtucket. He's, pre- what, probably the king of Pawtucket? Uh, you got to think by now. I mean, he's been there... You know, every year since 2015, um, I just, yeah, I mean, like the chance that they even give him a shot is like slim to none. But one of those guys that if there is 40 man rosters, because they just bring a whole 40 man roster up to the majors, uh, he will be up and could get some playing time and and. Uh, could be probably more of a DFS guy if he uh, can get hot. I mean, he, you know, sure. But again, you're There's paying him there. Yeah, yeah. You're paying him a crap ton of money. So give him a shot. You know, just see, see what's what. I think one of the reasons that they didn't bring him up last year is because like the money would then count different as far as their luxury tax. Yeah, I think I, I heard something sense. to that effect. In which case, um, you know, that's a bummer. It's not like he was beating down the door to, to get up there. Rusny Castillo wasn't. So I think they were able to kind of swing it justification-wise while at the same time, like, uh, man, we fully regret this and we're just we're just going to kind of ignore this problem until he goes away. So, um, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, next up is the something-somethings. Cleveland Indians. So, uh, or actually, because yeah, I put, I put. Not, C- are we not going to finish the uh, the AL East, or 
Oh, I was going in alphabetical order of oh, team. Oh, you we know can what? do that. We can do divisional. I'm fine with divisional. I, I forget that, yeah, the first two are both from the same division. So let's just do divisional. I, I like that. That's that's fine. We keep it in some, some semblance of an order that people are used to. That's how the standings are listed in every... Is there, is there any new... Well, I guess NL newspapers might have it start with the NL side. Um, I, I know that, like, on the West Coast, they put the West, they, they put the Wests on the top. Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, it's, I grew up on the East Coast, so it's not like I, that's I was used to it when I first saw it. I was like, wait, that that doesn't that doesn't make sense. No, and it may you, just be because out here we've got the A's and the Giants, and so they're each in, you know, each of the West divisions. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But gross. Yeah, it's it it it. Well, and Rossley Resource used to go like west to east. Um, Ew. Yeah, it it always tripped me out. That's so weird. Yeah, I just alphabetical. You know, by by first by city is one thing. Otherwise, if you're going to go by a division, it's always been AL East on down for me. Yeah, Even when I Detroit think. moved to the central. Detroit newspapers still put put them second. You know, it's not like they moved the central up to the top. So, anyway, uh, let's stay. Okay, let's stay in the AL East. I like where your head's at there. Let's go with the Yankees, and I'll, I'll mention mine first real quick. Uh, Jonathan Loisiga is a really interesting arm. Now, the potential opportunities that he would have had were coming into the season with some injuries that they were dealing with, namely James Paxton, obviously. Those are going to be cleared up by the time we play anything. But pitching's pitching, man, and pitching gets mm-hmm. hurt all the time. So it's not going to be surprising uh, if another spot opens up via another avenue. Uh, in fact, Lois Siga himself has had trouble staying healthy. That's part of the problem uh, with with what he's been able to do through age 24 is that his innings accumulation has been scant. But the talent has been there. It's been impressive. A lot of big swinging strike rates, both at the minors and in his major league time. He has a 14% mark in 56 and a third innings. And so, this, you know, the strikeouts are going to be there. It's a matter of keeping the ball in the yard. Um, and, you know, that'd be tough in Florida, Arizona, or Yankee Stadium. So wherever they plan to play, that's that's going to be a problem for Loisiga that he's going to need to figure out. But the arm talent is clearly there. There is some intrigue with him, and so as far as an off-the-radar, out-of-nowhere breakout, Jonathan Loisiga for me. Yeah, I struggled with the Yankees uh, because I feel like the two guys I put on my list are guys that people are talking quite a bit about. Uh, Mike Talkman. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind of broke out last year, but if he got you know like full time, I guess that he could really he could really make a, a, a every all formats impact. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then Miguel Andujar, who's obviously had huge impact. He just doesn't really have a place to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is just a team of guys who <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't have a place to play. And we have no idea when Aaron Hicks is going to be available, uh, which obviously complicates things. Uh, but, I, I mean, both of those guys can hit the ball. It's just a matter of which one, if either, gets uh, a, a fair amount of playing time to allow them to kind of uh, use their bats. Uh <sighs> I thought about it was a little wise, but I just don't know where the opportunity comes. But like I said, I mean, in, I mean Paxton's already been injured this year. Yeah, to knock has a long history of injury. You know, Hap's super old. 
uh, as far as opportunity goes with with pitching, I'm not, I worry less about that with the yeah. hitting. You know, it's it's it can be tougher to project and kind of get your mind into okay, this guy's going to find a role and take off. With pitching, it's like hey, five pitchers are going to breathe and get hurt. I mean, I feel bad so. for Clint Frazier because he was he was in line to be starting at the start of the season. He and really it's was. Like, it, it, it takes a, a world plague for him to not get a, finally get a shot. Dude, um, can't buy a break right now. I mean, just, he, he needs out, right? Like, it seems yeah. the whole fresh scenario thing, as cliched as it can be at times, is often rings true, though. And I think it does for somebody like Clint Frazier. He's just... It's a little bit poisoned there as far as, you know, uh, the team and fans a little bit turned on him with the uh, with the defense and he didn't exactly handle it the best, you know, kind of mm-hmm. being a little bit too defensive about his performance there. And so, I don't know, get him in a trade. I think there's still some value there. Uh, but you're right. Like his whole opportunity would be vanished by the time we play because Judge and Stanton will be back and ready to go. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's unfortunate for him and. Uh, hopefully he, I mean, he will get another shot at some point somewhere, somewhere, but, uh, it just may not be when he's in his prime years, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Or with, or with the Yankees, let's move on to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they, they were tough because they're, they're always well picked over. Everyone's always eyeing the next big thing for their team as is. Um, so guys get, get pushed up left and right. So I went with a you know guy who's almost become a crusty vet at this point with uh, Joey Wendell. It's not flashy. The the breakout would come via just playing every day, which he actually did for the most part in 2018 when he had 545 plate appearances. Now seven homers and 16 steals is not going to knock your socks off with a 300 average. But take advantage of you know either the continued juiced ball or bandbox scenarios if we can if we play in uh you know spring training facilities which are minor league facilities and all of a sudden he could be you know pushing maybe 12 13 homers but with the double digit uh upper teens stolen base total batting average is really where wendell works uh career 276 and hit 300 like i said in that big season so i i wasn't I couldn't find guys that I could really get excited about that weren't being drafted like a little bit higher. Like I like Sutsugo, but I think people are kind of in on what he can do. Willie Adamas um, is at, at pick 280. So that's why I went with Joey Wendell. I tried to go pretty deep with it. Yeah, I, I like the Wendell call. Uh, I went with a guy, uh, I mean, because the, the hard part about Tampa is they platoon so much. Yep. Like it's going to be really hard for guys to really break out. Uh, I mean, who knows in a short season, anybody can break out. Like we can have like these guys who are known for like these huge 80 game samples that just disappear with the other 80 games or come on late. I mean, Byron Buxton's like, like a prime example of a guy that (laughs) is really worth taking a gamble on because we know he can get hot for a really short period of time. We just don't know if he can sustain it. Uh, But if a season's only 80 games, then, oh, that's like right in Buxton's wheelhouse. Uh, So, uh, but when a team like Tampa Bay already likes to platoon a ton, and then you add in the fact that we could have expanded rosters, like I'm I'm really staying away from uh, a lot of their guys that uh, are expected to be platoon. I mean, outside of Austin Meadows, uh, and maybe, I mean, even Brandon Lau now, I think it, it with expanded rosters, we, he could have some issues with playing time. Um, 
So I went with the youngest guy in their bullpen. And I don't know if you have the roster resource page open, but it's a bit surprising to me who that uh, who that name was. Is it Alvarado or Castillo? It's Alvarado. Boom. Uh, uh, I, mean, I think people think of Nick Anderson as this really young guy, and Nick Anderson's almost 30. Wow. Uh, so, uh, at least according to roster resource. So, uh, Alvarado was supposed to be the closer coming into last year. Uh, and, yep. you know, obviously he lost the job for good reason. Uh, but right now, I mean, roster resource is projecting a kind of a three-headed monster in Tampa. I know everybody's stoked on Nick Anderson, and there's plenty of reasons to be. But we also don't know that Tampa Bay is going to give him the job. And... Uh, they could easily want him in more of a leverage type role where he just comes in to to take on the you know the top three batters in an inning, no matter what inning that is, seventh, eighth, or ninth. So Alvarado is a guy who has closed before, which is always good, um, and they've got plenty of left-handers to offset the fact that he's left-handed. I, I I like Alvarado as kind of a sneak tip, you know, or a sneak guy at the end of a draft. Yep, this is uh, this was what. This was a consideration for me. And so I like where your head's at. And it's like, you know, uh, you mentioned Nick Anderson, who is not young. He's the up and coming. Mm-hmm. People are excited about him. Tampa Bay doesn't care about that sort of stuff. They, mm-hmm. They'll flip on a dime, dude. They can go to Castillo. They can go to Alvarado. They can go to Rowe, Poche, Drake. It doesn't matter. Everyone that's in their bullpen has a chance to become the closer, like legitimately. Yeah. Um, not not just standard turn closer turnover. They they maximize it to the hilt, and so yeah, I think uh, Jose Alvarado is a good call out. He could be right back in a prime position there and collecting saves left and right, even as a lefty, because he can get he can get both sides out when he's working well. He's got nasty stuff, um, and, and we'll see what happens in that bullpen this year. Nick Anderson is flashy, but uh, Castillo and Alvarado are, are worthy gambles. All right, let's go to Toronto. Uh, quick, oh, wait, quick shout ahead. out, just real quick. If we do, if they do do the thing where it's forty man rosters are up, uh, just keep an eye out for Lucius Fox and uh, Vidal Bruhan. I know a lot of yes. people have uh, been talking about Wander Franco, and he could make an appearance this year. He he's not on the forty man, uh, but both those guys are, They're and not both those guys are on, fast. Man. Yeah, I yeah. just don't. I don't think they want to give him a year of service time this early. No, no, I re- I really I really don't think that they would. Uh, Bruhan's a good call out. He was at the Arizona Fall League. Uh, Fox is a good call out as well. So that could be really interesting there. You, you're right about the playing time with them. But, you know, if someone emerges and really grabs hold of playing time, it's not like they won't play them. Mm-hmm. It's just that they like to maximize platoons because they can't and they have the depth to do that. And they would definitely have the depth with expanded rosters, even if we went to like 30, let alone if we just did standard 40s. Yeah. All right, let's move to Toronto. I think I can, I think I can guess yours. I think now call me crazy but i will eat my hat if you if you didn't pick teoscar hernandez yeah teoscar hernandez in, is on my list i mean they the the manager there said that his opening day rotation or opening day outfield uh rotation was going to be grichuk teoscar uh and lord as uh and the one thing teoscar hasn't been able to get is full-time playing time um, in in Toronto, they just partly because his defense so bad, partly because he strikes out a lot. But if they're gonna give him full run, uh, yeah, he he's a guy I want on my team. I'm pretty sure I took him in my OC last night as well. 
I mean, I just think that in a full season, it's so it's going to be so weird because we're going to be talking about like full season projections, even though we know we're not getting a full season. Yeah, but, but it's just for frame of reference, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to do that for folks. Yeah, so I mean, I think he's a 30-plus home run hitter. I mean, he hit 26 last year in 125 games. Yeah, obviously strikeouts are going to be an issue. Average is going to be an issue, so you have to kind of uh, work that into the equation. But if he's getting full run, uh, he's a guy that uh, I, I definitely want on my team. No, I, I'm I'm with you all the way as far as that goes with Teoscar. The only reason I didn't pick him was in deference to you. I know you're a big fan mm-hmm. of his. I think we I think he's kind of a shared guy of ours, but you mentioned him at any any moment you get. So I knew you'd take him. I knew it was covered. Didn't have to do it. So I went to the Derek Fisher, another mm-hmm. outfielder. He was not on, mentioned on my list your, as well. Yeah. He was not mentioned in your grouping there, but he's a power speed guy. By the way, Teoscar has sneak speed. You know, he was only six for nine last year. Nice um, on the bases. But he's got a he was 51st in sprint speed. And when you yep. factor in ties, that's probably more of like seriously like 20th because, you know, there's 10 guys that are at 29.9. There's eight guys who are at 29.4, et cetera, et cetera. So when you when you really push it up, he might even be closer to like 11th as far as the 11th fastest. It's just that they send, they have to list the ties there. So Teoscar has sneak speed, and if if we're talking out of nowhere breakout these seasons, you know, when I messaged you about this, I said, think Mark Canha, um, yeah. Lucas Giolito, and Danny Santana. Those guys were monsters last year. So Teoscar could be like a, a Santana with the uh, with the power speed kind of flipped, where the power is is the carrying thing, but the speed actually has some has some uh, viability there too so love that call out and Derek Fisher shares that that potential now he would be more of I think the speed would be carrying but he's got a little bit of punch as well mm-hmm. uh, came over from Houston a couple years ago using the Ken Giles deal and until he cuts down the strikeouts it's going to be hard for him to really break through but in his little uh, 167 plate appearance sample last year seven homers five steals for Fisher 34% strikeout rate, though. And that's what, you know, pair that with a 244 Babip, and he was sunk. That's why he hit a buck 85. And for his career, he's only hitting a buck 91 because he struck out 37% of the time with a 270 Babip. So there's some work to be done uh, for Fisher, without a doubt. But there's it, it's a raw toolkit that could be sanded down into something quite useful. So I, I, I still believe here, age 26 couple changes here and there i'm not sure what they are especially because i can't really analyze hitting i'm not great at like analyzing somebody's Mm -hmm. swing or anything but he's a couple tweaks away he can take his walks too he's a 10 percent walk guy so it's like okay you're able to take some walks but you strike out too much let's figure that balance out a little bit maybe make you a little bit more aggressive and boom all of a sudden all of a sudden some things can happen for uh derek fisher so i'm i'm interested to see where he can go and uh, with Teoscar Hernandez there. Now, the only thing is, I wouldn't want it to cost my boy Lourdes Gurriel anything, who I love. Uh, so, you know, right it would now maybe he's, come at... He's, yeah, he's a, he, I think he's going to be DHing, or they can move Teoscar to DH. Uh, Correct. Defense is bad, so... They can switch Fisher and uh, Hernandez between DH. So, you know, both of our guys could be getting full-time burn, and they're super cheap, again, um, I went by ADP. You said you weren't necessarily mm-hmm. being driven by that, but Hernandez fits. He he was 
he was uh, he's 303, so he's right on the cusp. I was trying to stay 300 or later, and he definitely fits there. Meanwhile, Fisher, 589 in uh, um, draft champions leagues from March 15th through May uh, through April 16th. By the way, doesn't it feel like March had 74 days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it... It's funny because um, so we had the the, the pod contest uh, yesterday where we lost a pitcher list, uh, unfortunately yeah. for us, but good for our buddies uh, Nick Pollock and Alex Vaster in the finals today. Love, love them, congrats to them, and and bring it home, boys. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know one of the things I was doing throughout the day was tweeting those gifs and uh, clips of Alex Fast from uh, his acting days when he was eighteen. So good, dude. Uh, so. Um, and uh, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Um, what were you talking about? <laughs> about how March had 74 days. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I I start I, I went to go share it and I have, you know, I have them all bookmarked. So that's how I can get them so fast. Um, and they were like from March 19th. It feels like forever ago. Dude, it, it really does. When I put in the dates this morning from 315 to 416, I'm like, that's only a month. Are you freaking yeah. kidding me? It just and seems so long ago. I guarantee you that if you know things had gone as planned and we hadn't been dealing with a uh, pandemic, that time frame would feel like nothing. It'd be a blink. I'd be like, "We're already on Jackie Robinson Day yesterday. That's crazy," you know, because mm-hmm. it always does sneak up. I'm like, "Oh dang, Tax Day, Jackie Robinson Day. Here we go. It's already been three weeks into the season." So time is crawling. Time doesn't exist. Days are not a thing. You can probably hear me kind of do a little pause when I say the date. Before the day at the intro, it's because I usually forget the day, to be honest. Even though we only do Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm like, well, which one is it? I don't know. So it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's only been a month uh, that I'm doing this ADP data. And, yeah, both of our guys qualify for Toronto. That wraps up the AL East. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the Central here. Because uh, we'll have to pick up the pace on the Central into the West because you do have a hard stop. And I don't want to miss out on any of these teams. So with Cleveland, I'll take an easy one. He's basically kind of the 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 pairing to my, my guy who I love, Aaron Savale. But if you want to go the cheaper end, just take Zach Plesak. If, if you know, Savale is a little bit too pricey for you, which he's not expensive. But if you really just say, hey, Savale at 247, I don't want to do that. I'll take Zach Plesak at uh, 388. I, I would understand that. I do see similarities. I like Savali a bit more. That's why I've been pushing him up and, and promoting him. But it's hard to really make massive distinctions. I don't think they're 140 picks apart, if I'm being truthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. I went with my my boy. This is an easy course, one, is I, Bradley Zimmer. I wrote it in for you already. Him <laughs> and Teoscar, I, I wrote those in. for. I was like, for Justin, okay, he's definitely doing that. So I won't touch Bradley Zimmer there. So... Tell us about Bradley Zimmer. What could, what could really happen? Let's let's we're sprinkling the magic health dust because that's what he needs first and foremost. Mm-hmm. What could truly happen with Zimmer? I mean, let, let's talk about just the Indians in general. Their their outfield is Oscar Mercado, who who I, I like a lot. Yep. And Domingo Santana, Santana, who I who I like a lot. Um, but can't play defense. Yeah, and I mean has disappeared at times mm-hmm. uh, all throughout his career. And then Greg Allen, who should not be a starting he's outfielder. A, he's a fourth outfielder. Like yeah. He's prototypical fourth guy, right? Yeah, and they've got Jordan Lupau, uh, Luplo, uh, who is, you know, a, a you know bad side platoon guy. Yep. 
And so I think there is opportunity for him. And this is a guy who, is ever, his, yeah, yeah, in his first go around at the, at the major leagues in uh, 332 players appearance had eight home runs, 18 stolen bases. Uh, you know, I mean, in, in the minor leagues, he's shown the ability to uh, to walk a, a fair amount. Um, he's just been dealing with injuries. And I think yep. this is a guy that's got power, speed, could be a 1530 uh, type contributor in a full season. If he gets the opportunity, the question is, does he get that opportunity? Uh, and I think he could force their hand. And so in in, uh, you know, draft champions type leagues where it, it's real deep rosters, he's a guy that I make sure is on all my teams. No, I, I'm I'm with that on the Bradley Zimmer train because his defense mm-hmm. uh, has been great as well. And, you know, as long as his health didn't compromise that defense, that's a big leg up on somebody like a Domingo Santana. And, you know, Mercado can certainly handle center. He's not compromised there. But when Zimmer's at his peak, he plays center. Mercado goes into uh, left or right, and that really helps them out. And then, you know, the winner between, like, Santana, Allen, and uh, Luplau gets to play there as well. So I like it. I need go for him, but I understand it. Power speed combo. 27 years old. I really hope that he can stay healthy, though, man, because it's unfortunate where this career mm-hmm. has gone. And it's been completely health related, man, yeah. because, you know, his debut was perfectly solid, um, even though it's 79 WRC plus. But the power speed was there. That was something to build on. And he's never gotten the chance to build on it. Yep. All right. Let's move over to the White Sox. Uh, since some of us were picking some of our obvious ones, I'm going to take Reynaldo Lopez. Duh. Um, <laughs> you know, he's an obvious Lucas Giolito candidate in that he's his teammate and he was the worst pitcher in baseball last year, which is what uh, Lucas Giolito was. Now, they're not, you know, one to one copies of one another. I'm not just saying because he's a White Sox who stunk last year that he deserves to be uh, drafted as as the next big breakout. But when you when you watch Reynaldo Lopez, you see that the stuff is there. There is there is the potential to be great. He needs to put it together, though. It's age 26. It's put up or shut up time uh, with him, or else I think it's bullpen future here uh, for Raylo. So I'm going to go obvious and go with the guy I've been supporting now for several years. And I mean, this is a, a more difficult uh, team to kind of do this for because I, I think you have a lot of their spots already kind of wrapped up in terms of who's going to be playing where. And so I, I really struggled with this one. I ended up just going with Dylan Cease. Uh, we've talked up Cease quite a bit on on the pod. I, he's probably going a little bit early uh, for this type of exercise. But, I mean, I like him a lot. Another guy I believe I took in my OC last night. I did. I took Cease and uh, uh, Renato Lu- uh, Lopez's uh, rotation mate in Michael Kopech. Ooh, um, I like that. I like that. Both of you those know- guys. Cease is going a bit higher, and I've been among those promoting him. But a 579 ERA and a 155 whip, Mm -hmm. he would still qualify as a quote-unquote out-of-nowhere breakout. If he went out and put up like a 310, you know, 120 combo with a boatload of strikeouts, people would still say, holy smokes, look what Cease was able to do from pick 263. So even though it is a little bit higher in the pick for what we're looking for here, it still qualifies because he was he was bad last year. He was legitimately bad in terms of his composite numbers, but he finished with a flourish mm-hmm. former prospect has good stuff. That's why I like him. I'm with you on that one for sure. Let's move over to the best team in the league, the Detroit Tigers. God, they're so good. So if many any of their players are good. It'll be a surprise. Well, outside, outside of Matt Boyd, it's like literally everybody else mm-hmm. qualified in that they're being drafted late enough, except maybe Miggy 
Um, but but otherwise, you know, you're pretty much wide Even open Mickey's here. I guess. Being drafted yeah, he's actually late. being drafted way late. Crone I took him and... in the 29th round yesterday. Crone and Scope are actually be the the other guys mm-hmm. who are probably being drafted too early to do this. But I went Cameron Mabin. He's been kind of a uh, he was a mid draft season uh, promotion for me. Big guy that I'm really like. Hey, he's back for the third time, and it's high time that uh, that he he really leans into power. That's what they finally realized last year with him. Uh, it, I don't know why it took so long, but credit to the Yankees for saying, "Oh wow, this guy's six third six three. 200 pounds. I bet this guy could hit for some power instead of having him, you know, smack on top of the ball and and do the old school way of hitting. So they said, hey, try to lean into it a bit, do your thing, and voila, he put he put up uh, a career high 11 homers. Now that was in 82 games though, and so his career highs of 10 were in uh, full seasons. So something to build on. He went 11 and nine. In a half season last year, it's the easy extrapolation. We say don't do it, but it does It does kind of fit. 22-18 is exactly the kind of thing. You know, a 2020-type season is exactly what I'm talking about here with Mabin. He's 33. He's dirt cheap because he's on the Tigers. I'd be interested in him for sure if we're, if we're playing ball, especially if we're playing in Florida for the Tigers mm-hmm. and, and the parks are smaller. He doesn't have to worry about Comerica, which eats up everything in the center uh, and, and power alleys. Yeah, parks are smaller. Uh, we won't have to deal with the early season cold that affects a lot of players. Good call. Uh, so uh, I think there's a lot of things that could be happening if we're playing in Florida and Arizona uh, for, for the beginning or all of the season. Uh, I went with Christian Stewart. Okay, um, I like it. I mean, former top prospect, I think one of, the, one of the things I love to do is just buy back in on prospects that just didn't, uh, didn't pan out. Uh, but, I mean, you look at kind of what he did, and I think there's some simple fixes uh, that he can make and kind of go back to the player he kind of was in the minor leagues where he was hitting, you know, 20-plus, you know, you know, he had 28 home runs in, in 2017. Uh, in 2018, he had, like, 26 uh, home runs uh, between multiple levels. Uh, and that's get back to being the patient hitter. Uh, not swinging as much. I mean, his his swing percentage was forty eight uh, percent last year, and Eesh. swing out swing outside of the zone thirty three point seven percent. I mean, this is a guy that typically did not do those type of things, especially because he has no. pretty darn good zone contact rates. Uh, so he needs to rely get back to relying on that eye uh, and waiting for things to come into the zone for him for him to just kind of pull uh, and launch over o- over the wall. So. I I still believe in Christian Stewart, and I think he's one of the guys that has been forgotten about. I think you're 100% right. And, you know, he's being drafted last year as a really interesting power guy mm-hmm. uh, who could maybe club 25 homers for the Tigers, and it didn't really come to fruition. And so he's being discarded because he's on a bad team, 26 years old. But you're right. Christian Stewart, I mean, in a full season, there's still 30 homer upside there. Easily. Yep easily so that's a good call out there i like that one we got maven and kristen stewart for the tigers let's move over to kc this is a buyback for me this guy completely flopped unfortunately i was excited about ryan o'hearn last year and it just did not come through um i was even giving him some some light matt olsen comps in that you know big power lefty who had a little late season flourish he's going to parlay that into something big the following year with a full-time role and he absolutely did not do that the 
only nice thing about his season last year was that his WRC plus was 69. That's it. That's the only nice thing. And I got to be honest, that's not even that nice. It's really not. Um, but it, it, it did not go well. It was uh, frustrating to see. I felt bad that, uh, that I recommended him so heavily. Thankfully, you know, once he hit 167 with a 616 OPS in April, I think most people got off that train there, including myself. I had him in a bunch of leagues. So that's one thing about it. it you know, you always know that I'm invested in the guys too. So it stinks when the, the, the guys I'm really promoting don't work out, but at least I'm not uh, sending you all out there into the fire to take it by yourselves. I was there with you on the O'Hearn sinking ship. I think he could bounce back. He did finish with another little flourish, though. Four homers and an 819 OPS in September, so he got me back on the train teasing a little bit. So I'm going to go Ryan O'Hearn here in that uh, KC lineup. Oh, man, this one I kind of struggled with. <laughs> dude, are you, why, dude? So many great players. Come on. <laughs> the good players on this team are already being drafted. Um, and, and, you know, like they actually have a handful of early guys. They have three top 100 guys. And then Sal Perez and Kennedy at closer, Dozier at 185. And then their next guy is 200 picks later from Dozier. Mm-hmm. And it's Michael Franco. So who'd you end up going with? Oh, I mean, I guess I'll go with Nicky Lopez. Okay. Uh, largely... Big, uh, Fabapalooza guy last year who, who did not pan out. Yeah, he's got some speed. I don't know that he's got the speed that I think people were expecting when he came up to the majors. But he's also second base and shortstop eligible, which is kind of nice to put on your reserve list. For sure. Uh, late in the draft because it covers two spots for you. Uh, and he should get everyday playing time, at least starting out. Um, so, I mean, he's kind of an interesting guy. Uh, I mean, I, I put Jorge Lopez on the list because... It's like all Lopez's. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's that, that, that's that's, uh, that's a guy from mine and, mine and Eno's days that we've been mm-hmm. on and, and still waiting for, even though, <laughs> you know, he'll have a great... He's that guy who can, like, really have a great outing and then just completely wash it away in the first two innings of the next outing where you're like, who was the guy I watched five days ago? Yeah. And so you have to like really dig through to find his quality work. But uh, I, I actually still maintain a measure of hope. I, I got him in one draft champions league on the old, just in case, because I've been promoting Jorge Lopez for so many years. I might, I want to, I want to be care. you know, just in case he goes off. That's your Jimmy Nelson, as we call it. The guy that you promoted forever, you jumped off the train, and then he finally broke out. Yeah, I don't want to be missing out on Jorge Lopez. I think the interesting guys to watch, uh, you know, in terms of if rosters are expanded, are Brady Sing, uh, Singer and uh, Daniel Lynch. Yes. Uh, you know, neither men are on the forty man, but they were they were both non roster invites to spring training. Uh, if they do have expanded rosters, and one of these guys comes up, they're automatically the best pitcher on the staff. What about Jackson Coar? Uh, yeah, I mean, I Same don't. Vibe. Yeah, I think I don't know that he gets the first shot necessarily. No, I feel like it's Singer. It's yeah, they it, were kind of yeah, looking I think, at to get the first shot. Yeah, I think Singer is the first shot. I think Lynch is super, super interesting. Coar is interesting as well, but I just think he's probably behind those guys, mm-hmm. and I just don't think the Royals are yet at the point where they want to really make a push for anything though. I mean, 
like said, like we've said, short season, anything can happen. And that's in True. terms of player production. It's also in terms of wins for uh, for teams. Uh, so, I mean, we could see, like, if a team like Toronto gets out in a hot, hot start, like, why wouldn't they just go off? Oh, Pearson, you know, off rip. Yeah. And, yeah, let's let's go right away because, you know, Seattle's 13-2 and two last year in a season like this would be a lot different. Now, Seattle just mm-hmm. didn't have the horses to do anything with it. But if, if there is one of these teams that has some interesting talent and, you know, I'm not trying to sit here and make any case for KC, no, but it's, they're, they're in, terms, in terms of bringing up that talent to say, well, let's try to parlay these first 15 games into something. It's not like they're forging the future to bring up those pitchers. Those guys mm-hmm. are already on the cusp anyway, Singer, Coar, and uh, Lynch. So I hear you on that. And uh, as much as we just, try to promote him as a potential deep pick jorge lopez isn't necessarily blocking anybody unless he makes that big turnaround so no um, none of the guys in this rotation are blocking anybody no no not 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 at all all right next up is minnesota now they were a tough one because so much is just locked and loaded Mm -hmm. and and in emphasis on loaded like they've got some great stuff uh in their lineup they've got a solid pitching staff They've even, you know, closer seems to be pretty good. And even uh, if it's not, the backups are kind of identified. But I still found somebody I'm interested in. And it's Jake Cave, who mm. sounds like the star of like a like in a TV show. He sounds like a movie star that they would make <laughs> up. Jake Cave. Ooh, Jake Cave. He's dreamy. Uh, what a name. What an absolute monstrous name there. I love it. I'll tell you why I also like him. And I know that this is not the most sound reasoning, but I find some of these guys sometimes MLB the show, dude. Jake Cave is a, is a God. (laughs) It's unreal. It's unreal. Justin, his card is just like a standard bronze card and the, and the levels are uh, common bronze, silver, gold, diamond. So he's, you know, he's, he's the, he's the fourth level down uh, or, or third level down as far as like card type. But for some reason he rakes, Jake Cave is a god. And, you know, he had eight homers last year in his 228 plate appearances, 13 the year before. You add it all up, he actually has played 163 games, so almost a, almost a season. 21 homers with the 795 OPS. That's not bad. That's not bad. And we know Byron Buxton cannot stay healthy, unfortunately. I hope he does, but we know that he's not been able to. So an opportunity could open up for Jake Cave, and my boy could, uh, could be the movie star of your fantasy team. So I'm going with Jake Cave. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an, I don't know that J.K. You think he sounds like a movie star. I think he sounds like a caveman. It's like, Jake Cave hit ball hard. Hey, we like that, though. Hit ball mm-hmm. hard, do good fantasy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I I don't think he would be the first man off the bench with, with Marwin uh, there, necessarily. And they, they, they really love uh, Adrianza there mm-hmm. uh, in, in Minnesota, but... Uh, you're right. I mean, this is a team that's got a lot of potential. It's also got a lot of injury risk with Nelson Cruz being 74 years old. Yes. Uh, Josh Donaldson's injury history recently. Uh, Miguel Sano's injury history. Byron Buxton's injury history. So, I mean, there's going to be uh, paths to playing time uh, for, for a lot of different guys uh, if something happens uh, to any of them. So, uh, I don't. I don't necessarily hate it. I mean, I I went with a cop out answer, and I went with Trevor May. Okay, you know that. That's what I was saying. The the backup closer is mm-hmm. kind of identified. So if Taylor Rogers doesn't work out, I do believe it would be Trevor May. 
uh, getting opportunity, or maybe Sergio Romo. But either mm-hmm. way, uh, talk to us about May, who is uh, who, who's awesome, big big fan of his. Uh, we're internet homies via Twitch, and a real good dude. So I'm always rooting for him. Yeah, I mean, he was hitting almost 100 miles an hour in spring training. Uh, you know, started off rough last year, but uh, after kind of fixing some things mechanically, he was uh, he was very very good uh, down the stretch with a 2.1 ERA and 43 strikeouts in 32 innings. Uh, obviously, Taylor Rogers. I mean, he just locked down that job. But we've seen guys do that, you know, and then the next season just blow it up. Blake Trinan last year. So, oh yeah, I mean that relievers. That's that's their favorite thing to do yeah. is to like have a great season and then you know be terrible the following year mm-hmm. out of nowhere. So uh, Trevor May, just one of those guys that I, I I have liked for a really long time. I liked him when he was a starter. Uh, I I uh, you know thought he was going to be a really interesting starting pitcher. Uh, and then when he moved into the bullpen, I was disappointed at first. But I was like, oh, now he's going to be a future closer, and it just it hasn't quite worked out yet. Uh, but I, I still believe in the talent, and uh, if the opportunity presents himself, I think he can run away with it. I like it, uh, Trevor May. Then okay, moving on to the AL West to finish this up. Houston, another one, t- one of those teams that's kind of tough uh, because so much of of what they've got is is kind of set in stone there. And and the one guy who wasn't starting, who's a stud, is is Cal Tucker. And it's like, well, where are they going to go? I went. The speed route. I went Miles Straw. Uh, <laughs> you and I both, buddy. Yeah, he's remarkably fast. He can actually bounce around the field a bit. He's mm-hmm. got some. He's got some infield capabilities as well, not just the outfield. So, if a spot opened up, they could either put him in it or maneuver so that that Miles Straw mm-hmm. is the beneficiary there. So, I went with him. It was kind of the easiest pick. I think we both landed on that because of that. But doesn't mean the easiest pick is the wrong one. He's 494 ADP, and the dude is fast as can be. So Miles Straws, our joint pick there. Do you have some words about him as well? Yeah, I mean, I just think there, there's been enough injury issues on that team where there's going to be a path playing time for him, uh, whether it's Correa uh, getting hurt again or, or someone in the outfield. I mean, Josh Reddick is 80. They, uh, they hate Kyle Tucker for no apparent reason. <laughs> I, I don't know whose dog, you know, so, he, he punted. Hit, but... Yeah. <laughs> he was babysitting somebody's dog and and the dog unfortunately passed away and mm-hmm. it oh, turns out it was the owner. Oh no, dude, you were watching the owner's dog. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell's going. I'm with you, dude. Like why do they hate his guts? I just don't understand. Like Josh Reddick's contract is not that big where you need to keep running him out there that way. I, I agree, dude. And just and uh, our boy I mean, Dusty mm-hmm. is definitely shaking his fist in the air right now like, "Yes, dude, like why? Why don't they like Kyle Tucker?" As Matthew Berry said, they hate him with a mot-like intensity. Mot-like yeah. intensity here. There's no doubt that the yeah. intensity is mottish. Yeah. It's 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 wild. It's wild. So, um, all right, Miles Straw, that's our guy. Let's move over to the Angels. Take a guy that uh, my boy Nick Pollock put me on at the Arizona Fall League, Patrick Sandoval. Mm-hmm. So he highlighted him during his presentation. And I was like, ooh, that is interesting. So I always like to give credit there. Uh, I've jumped on board with with him, but that is definitely somebody that Nick put me on. And he calls him, uh, what does he call him? The uh, the Irish Panda, like Pablo Sandoval, but it's Patrick. <laughs> so the Irish Panda there. Uh, lefty, uh, who's going to find his way into the rotation, possibly off the rip because, first off, obviously it depends when we start, but Griffin Canning's health issues mm-hmm. have cropped up. And, and made it so that there's an opening. And I think Sandoval could be the guy there. Dude can miss bats. He's got a deep arsenal. He's got, 
he's really got the stuff to succeed. He showed some flashes last year, so I think he could be a guy who really has a big breakout season at age 23 with an opportunity in hand. And right now, if we started at any time in the next couple of months, I think he'd get that opportunity because I don't have a lot of confidence in Griffin Canning's health. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. He was on my list uh, along with uh, two outfielders uh, that I think are interesting in uh, in Anaheim uh, for this year. You know, Brandon Marsh is kind of the, the prospect yes. that doesn't get a lot of credit. Great, great call. I had him on as a consideration as well. And I think people were starting to kind of, kind of, you know, pay attention to him a little bit more. Uh, he was surprisingly fast at uh, uh, at AFL. Something that Matt Thompson from Prospect Live and Friends of Fantasy Benefits uh, remarked to me. Like it was, it was interesting to see like how quick he was on the base paths because uh, it isn't necessarily what he's known for. Uh, I think there's a real chance that, you know, especially with expanded rosters, that he could get some run. Um, so if, you know, Adele's up, obviously Adele's going to get the first shot, but Marsh could be, we could see an outfield of, you know, Adele, Trout, and Marsh at some point, which would be yeah. interesting. It's not, not out of the picture that that could happen. So, so um, um, he's a good call out for sure. The, the other outfielder I want to mention is a guy that nobody's talking about, and it's this Mike Trout guy. Uh, I looked at him, but like he's an older prospect. He's gonna be twenty nine this year. He's named after a fish, bro. Yeah. Oh, is it Trout? Oh, okay. I thought it was True. I think it's Mickey, though. I think it's mm, Mickey. Okay. Mickey True. Yeah. I think it's pronounced True. It is. It looks like Trout. It is True. And I don't know, dude. I, I think did you gotta take give him that in the OC up. yesterday. Uh, I don't want to bash your picks, but like, it's it it could work out, dude. It could, but okay. If you put a lot of hope into it, I would temper that hope is all I'm saying. It, I do just, like Jason Castro, though. I do, too. I actually love yeah. Jason Castro. <laughs> Pivoting um, away from my own meme. <laughs> as far as as far as far catchers go, mm-hmm. and, and we, we mostly play in two catcher leagues, the both mm-hmm. of us. So we're always looking at that uh, mid-tier and below, and I think Castro could be really nice. And this lineup is good. Say what you want about yep. the pitching. I understand. The lineup is darn right, downright good. So I like Jason Castro there, even in the bottom third of said lineup. So he's a good call out as well. Let's move on to Oakland. we got three more teams in about 18 minutes. Can we do it? Probably we not, but it. we're going to try. We can I do it. I think we can. Because this one's Oakland, easy. This one's easy for both of us. I, le- I left your guy again. I wasn't going to you know, overlap and try to take Jorge Mateo. I'll give you a moment to speak one, once more about him. And Franklin Barreto is a tack on for you. Mm-hmm. Whoever win the, wins that job, I know that's where you're at. Austin Allen, somebody I've already spoken about too. Speaking of catching uh, and and needing late catchers, he's the backup catcher to Sean Murphy. I like Sean Murphy, but I'm always suspect of rookie catchers. Now, Allen himself is essentially a rookie catcher and not even a great catcher at that, but that's part of why I like him is that he could bounce around to other spots in the field for playing time. So uh, he, the, the dude can just hit. And that's that's really his driving force there. He didn't do much in a 71 plate appearance sample last year, but in 298, uh, playing appearances in AAA, he had a 10.42 OPS with 21 homers. So I like Austin Allen. Go ahead with Mateo and Barreto. Your your final words on them uh, for the 2020 season that that may or may not happen. Uh, yeah, I mean Mateo's a guy I just get everywhere. I think there's only been one draft where someone sniped him from me uh, so, so far. Fast. He's so fast, and I, he's got a better hit tool than like the you know than like. Billy Hamilton, and he can play multiple positions, and 
he's just a guy, if he gets full run, he could just steal a ton of bases. He could be uh, Trey Turner-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're talking about a guy who's going outside of the top 400 picks, that could end up returning first round value or, or you know, top three round value. I think Mateo has been my number one target uh, all draft season. Uh, like I said, no price attached. It, it's a complete dart throw. Uh, but you, even, I mean, obviously if we have expanded rosters, he's going to be up. But even if we don't, I mean, he's out of options. So the, there's, you know, reason for them to put him on the roster. It's high uh, time. They take a shot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Franklin Barreto hasn't worked out the way they wanted him to. But if Barreto wins that job, like you said, he, he's a guy I'll be on as well because I've liked him a ton in the past. Uh, you know What's going to happen is the A's are going to give Tony Kemp the job. And just I was going to say, really, on a just, scale 1 to 10, <laughs> how much did that move piss you off when it came out across so the wire? Much. It just pisses me off so much. There's no reason you do not need Tony Kemp on this roster. I, I, I love so much of what Oakland does. That made zero sense to me, dude. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't understand it. But uh, either way, I'm still I'm still gonna you know continue to buy in on on Mateo, oh, grab yeah. my shares, and, and and take the shot. I mean, I I, I grabbed him last night in the OC, um, you know, a bit early just to make sure. But I mean, a bit early was the twenty seventh round. Oh like, yeah, see like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what we're talking about here with this price investment it's just not very high talk, talk about putting you know my you know uh my money where my mouth is my last uh four picks were Jorge mateo to oscar hernandez miguel cabrera and Francisco. again like, these are you, all guys i i took last night you subscribe to to what i do when we're out there pounding the pavement on a player we're picking them up too so if yep. it fails you know it's not that we want that but at least you're not out there alone and like Oh hey, sorry you guys took him. I didn't. I didn't have any shares. No, no, no. We got all the shares of these guys as yep. well. So, um, all right, let's move on here. We have two more ball clubs. Seattle. I actually had multiple guys here for this club. Again, and, it's uh, one of those situations where Seattle's so bad. There's there's lots of paths to playing time, it, and a exactly. lot of their guys are lowly ranked. And um, uh, one I'll kind of get out of the way. Another Austin. Uh, Austin Nola. Who I, and the reason I get him out of the way is because I've mentioned him multiple times, is that he's a non-catching catcher. Right now, he's not even a qualifying catcher, but once he qualifies, uh, which should be soon, he's the backup to Tom Murphy. And it's not well, even a negative Tom Murphy thing. Let's talk about that just real quick, because in a shortened season, it's going to be a larger part of the season for guys to qualify unless sites change their eligibility rules. That's- Good call out. So if you need 10 games at a position and we're only playing 80 games, that's one eighth of the season. You know, that's a that's a great call out. And you wonder, should I mean, leagues should talk about it amongst themselves Mm -hmm. about if they want to change eligibility. It probably is worth doing so. Obviously, you have to do it. it I will say if you already drafted, I don't know if you can go change it. I think you have to. uh not have drafted yet, right? Because it's just yeah. hard to change stuff after you've drafted because people drafted under yeah, a per- guys like Nick Solak, who were like, yep. you know, who were guys that probably going to play all over the diamond. If we stick with the current eligibility rules, uh, he may not gain eligibility at positions until we're halfway through the season, and that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to be difficult. Uh, you know, I mean, so that's just something to talk about. Also, guys with multi-position eligibility for playing a lot of double headers. 
you know, you're not getting to move him around your your lineup as much. So my shares of Max Muncy uh, and TJ Mayhew aren't quite as sexy in, in a shortened season as a full season. No, those those are those are great callouts. So much changes, and you're highlighting some of the bigger changes there, with what could happen in in a small, you know, double digit game season. Uh, you know, 85, 90 games, whatever. So good call outs there. But yeah, I still like Austin Nola right now, but uh, that's a great call. And I will, I will move him down a little bit in terms of my interest list because that catching eligibility might take longer to get. So I'll go with Shed Long. And I'll, Taiwan Walker is like a staple. Like that's probably my obvious pick on the team because I love him. I mm-hmm. can never quit him. So that's an obvious one too that I don't need to get into. But Shed Long is projected to lead off right now. Yep. And yet he's, Dirt cheap. Uh, I remember seeing him at the fall a couple of years ago. I was really impressed with what he was able to do. Uh, showed some pop. Not a huge stature, but showed some pop. Can run a little bit too. Like not not a burner. I don't think he's somebody who's going to you know drop uh, twenty five steals or anything or even twenty necessarily. But somebody who could be like twenty five twelve type of deal with like a two seventy five two eighty average. That would be pretty useful at second base. And again, atop the the order. Even on a crummy team, I'm here for it uh, because it's that volume. So Shed Long is my my main guy here with my other two uh, guys that I've been promoting all year. So who'd you get from Seattle? Uh, I mean, Shed Long was on my list, uh, so I'm okay. glad you talked about him because it gives me a chance to kind of talk about other guys. Shed Long's a guy that I really like. Like you said, he's leading off, uh, so they're obviously going to give him a run. Uh, but, I mean, obviously I've talked about about a lot about Yusei Kikuchi uh, he looked really good in spring uh, training when we, we were having games. Uh, you know, there was a lot of pedigree coming over from Japan. He never quite uh, looked right uh, last year, but a little bit of added velocity and the movement on his pitches is, is the important thing. That's what looked uh, great, too, in spring. Um, but Kyle Lewis, uh, I mean, talk about a guy who can get hot at the right time and just needs to stay on the field because he's been injured. Um you know, in, in the 18 games he played at the majors last year, he had six home runs in 268 uh, he, batting average. He might have won some leagues, if we're being yeah. honest. Like mm-hmm. that—that's that's the kind of deal that his performance was at. Is that he actually might have won some leagues for folks? So that's a good call out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, with Kyle Lewis, and he should have playing time, right? Yeah, he should be hitting probably sixth in this lineup. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's not a good lineup by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, it, it's not an atrocious one either. It's not like Giants bad. Um, exactly. So, you know, he, he could be one of those guys that gives you absolutely nothing uh, because he, you know, in the short sample of a season we're going to have, he's cold. Or he could be the exact opposite and you're looking at a guy who, re- who really comes through at a, a cheap price. Yeah, and just pops like 13 homers again, in like a half-season sample and goes off. So uh, I like that call-out with Kyle Lewis, and here we are at the last team. And Texas I found a little bit tough. I really couldn't get super jazzed about anybody, so I just went with a crusty vet who's going to get playing time, who's new to the ball club, in Todd Frazier. I mean, he's an afterthought at drafts, 423. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, why not at least just give him some consideration because he's going to be playing, because their lineup is pretty solid, he still has power. Um, he can still get on base. He's going to be a batting average liability pretty much no matter what. But batting in the middle of a quality lineup, I'm kind of surprised that Todd Frazier is going that late, even though I know he's not 
special. He did bounce back up to 251 last year with the batting average, which certainly isn't vomit inducing. But the two the 213 the two years before was pretty bad. But he could pop he could pop 20 in a shortened season. Like I wouldn't be that surprised if Todd Frazier got hot and put up 20 in a 90 game effort. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's going to be bad in the middle of that lineup. And you know, one of the things we talked about a lot last year was you know that lineup was not bad. No. Um, so it would not be surprising at all uh, to see him have some value. I mean, the question becomes how long can he keep a full-time role? Uh, I mean, especially with Nick Solak projected to be coming off, coming off who the I, bench. Who I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Willie Calhoun looking like he's going to be ready for opening day whenever it is, in spite of the fact he, you know, fractured his jaw in spring training. So, uh yeah, I mean, the question, yeah, is just, is is he going to get enough playing time to do it? But they're going to give him a run at least at the beginning of whenever the season starts. So I, yeah, I like that and call. That's why, you know, I had to give him some love because Todd Frazier is just so cheap. Who'd you land upon? Uh, another guy I took in uh, my OC last night and a guy we talk about all the time, my boy Kyle Gibson. Boom. Had to yeah, do man. it. Yeah, just I mean, it, it it was too easy of a call. Kyle Gibson uh, is, um, I like mean, how I pretended I didn't know who you picked. <laughs> we haven't we haven't heard from him in a while. He probably he's on quarantine, so that's he's why we haven't quarantine. Um, so yeah, the grass getting I, a little lengthy. I would think he is uh, essential. He's essential to the podcast, so I, I don't know why he's not showing up to work. We've deemed him essential, so mm-hmm. get out here, please, Kyle. We need you, buddy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, last year was just a complete wash uh, dealing with health health issues, um, you know, uh, either also also colitis or uh, diverticulitis, depending on which awful uh, uh, na- or <laughs> alternative colitis. We love to call it diverticulitis, and there's one of our <laughs> listeners that we totally trigger when we say that. Yeah, I know. So, uh, But, I mean, the, the XFIP was 380, you know, a full run below his ERA, uh, still struck out about an inning, I mean, while dealing with health issues and, and running out there. Uh, I, I have faith that he's going to be able to turn it around uh, in, in a new landing spot in Texas. So uh, I'm excited about him. If you're looking for like a deeper guy who's completely off the, the radar, Leody Tavares um, is one of their top prospects. And on the 40 man roster, if yes. he has a, sh- if, if we do see really expanded rosters, uh, like he's a guy that could be very, very interesting. Cause we know they hate Willie Calhoun. <laughs> So it's not quite Matian, but it is yeah. it is advancing to Matian levels. Yeah. So last year between high A and double A, uh hit five home runs, uh, and stole thirty-two bases. Uh I mean he's got more pop, but it's still developing. Uh that being said, the speed is obviously there, uh, and I think he's gonna develop a pr- a decent enough hit tool to, to use that speed. So uh, I think he's a guy, like I said, deep, deep leagues or or really, uh, honestly, most leagues just off the waiver wire if he d- is on the roster because of expanded rosters. Uh, he's a guy that could be really interesting. We did it with five minutes to spare, baby. Boom. We absolutely did Let's do it. the NL um, now. Oh. Let's just see if we can do it, dude. Just five minutes. We can do the whole NL. Mm-hmm. No, we'll do the NL next week. Uh, we got it done. You know, if you could actually – do you have your list online? Uh, I do. Okay, can you send it over so I can tag these players in the uh, 
in the post. I can do that. All right. Well, appreciate uh, getting back to baseball. Felt good to talk some baseball here. And you know what? There's one instance where we want to be wrong, and it's about whether or not there's going to be a season. Mm-hmm. Neither of us are terribly confident. I'd love to take a colossal L on that and say, you know what? I didn't think it was going to happen, and here we are playing baseball because I, w- I, would, I would definitely take it. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Tuesday drafting MVP and Cy Young, or seasons that should have won one of those two awards with our boy Jason Collette. Justin, have a good weekend. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.